0: What's up, Textual Healing? This is Mallory Smart. Welcome back to another lit episode full of writing, music, and other weird shit. It's February 11th, which means that I've already been to the Taylor Swift dance party that we talk about in the episode. And I might have actually pulled a 180 and have changed several opinions that I threw out there in this episode. Who the hell knows? Anyhow, I am psyched for today's show. My guest today is Scott LaDowdy, writer, musician, and all-around legend who has had at least three times a wilder lifetime than the rest of us, yet somehow maintains his boyish good looks. I'm not being weird. He might be a vampire. It needed to be said. But to keep me from getting even weirder, let's just jump into the show. So I am very excited for you to be on the show Obviously, I started this shit off in a very unconventional way. Sorry about the time Whoa. difference.
1: No, I was just in Chicago three days ago. I should have known the time difference.
0: No, I should have known it. Because like, when you said one thirty, I should have been like, yeah, that's 12.30. <laughs> because like, when I was a kid, like my parents wanted to like, trick us to go to sleep early on New Year's Eve. So, you know, we followed your time schedule on New Year's Eve. Look at that. Parents
1: are such liars.
0: I know this. It starts with Santa
1: Claus and it never ends.
0: Oh my God. I had parents. Now, this is how you know that they are like straight up baby boomers. They said that they had Santa Claus's fax number. (laughs) No, I feel like so weird. Like, while I was waiting for you for those 15 minutes, I really should have just kind of been going through the playlist that you sent me, but instead, I actually went on TikTok for a while.
1: I don't, know, I don't even know why we do anything except scroll TikTok. Like, there's nothing more interesting. Yeah. My whole TikTok is people getting attacked by animals. I've never searched a thing on TikTok. I don't know how it curated this list for me, but just people getting attacked by animals, car crashes, like, high school girls doing dances in thongs by a pool. Um, That's basically it, I think like new york
0: you're on a very different algorithm
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know how i didn't i never searched any of that so
0: you know it started off with like now i got on tiktok years ago actually when it first started it was originally called musically i don't know if you remember that i did not know that yeah it was called musically and then it was bought by um the chinese company tiktok and Then it turned into the sensation that it was. I didn't think it was actually going to be cool because musically was just like, hey, look at us dancing and I can match that dance. It was like the duetting. So really, that's just kind of how I got (laughs) on algorithms. And uh, then suddenly my like Gen Z nieces and nephews would send me videos. So I'm stuck on that algorithm. (laughs) Like, I have so many Taylor Swift things, it's insane.
1: Yeah, so that's your that's your jam, huh? You love Taylor?
0: Honestly, no. And everyone refuses to believe me, but it's <laughs> one of those, like, she's the person of the moment. You kind of, like, can't not talk about her. But, that's true. Yeah.
1: It's been, like, uh, I don't know. I feel, like, so cringy for so long, and yet it persists.
0: I think she has some really good songs, but... I'm not at that level where people worship her. I just see her as another musician, and I've been talking about her a lot recently because she's been doing a lot recently. Like you, she's fucking with Ticketmaster. Even you know, like she's not the only one. She's being a total badass online, and it's very cool. I think that she is quirky and fun, and for all we know, really nice. She clearly does writing and is a good performer. But she tries almost too hard to get everyone on her side. Totally sounds like I hate her. I'm legit just about to go to a Taylor dance party in a week. She's cool. I just don't worship her or any musician, really.
1: Well, we're treading into dangerous ground here. I commented once on a, a Swifty thing because uh, I still am like everybody else at midnight or whatever when the album drops. Like I listen because I loved all the country stuff. But that was all co written with that guy. And then, like, Red and one of the other ones, which I thought was amazing, was all co written. But I'm like air quoting co written because I think it was like totally written by Max Martin uh, in Sweden, who is the hitman. Um, and those lyrics were all really clever. And like, the songs were awesome. Um, I, I just recently
0: had an episode where. I don't know, we discussed what, like, co-writing is versus, like, actually writing the song solo. And I, I definitely understand that, like, she has a very heavy hand in the creative process. But, I mean, you know, obviously we're going to discuss Jack Antonoff quite a bit probably in this episode.
1: The thing with Jack Antonoff, though, which I find interesting is that, like, so I'm from very close to where he's from in New Jersey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So... When he was like 16 or 17, he was in the best hardcore band ever called Outline. Their shows only ever had like 12 people at them, but like all 12 of us went crazy. They were so good. And then, uh, then he was in Steel Train, which was like really good. Uh, i
0: say that's when I started to get into him.
1: Yeah, okay. But then he like dated Lena Dunham and like hit the stratosphere. And now he like 100% of the radio... Is produced by him and um I don't really like any of it but like I don't want to say anything (laughs) bad about him because like I've hung out with him a bunch of times when I was younger and like he was really cool to me and um like I was always the least important person at the meeting or whatever and uh like he was always he always treated me like a human being and not like like a loser kid that was just tagging along
0: you know, he seems like he was a really cool guy. I mean, probably still is.
1: It's possible. I really think we'll get like a, like, Bad Out of Hell or like Bohemian Rhapsody level thing out of him someday because he like, he's the best guitar player on earth. And he plays every instrument really good, but he's like the best guitar player. Um, I was going to
0: say, like, my favorite times is seeing him live. Like, he's like fucking wild.
1: Totally. And he's always been like that. I've known him since, well, known him. I've known all of him since we were like 15. And like, even then he was uh, just, the whole crowd would watch like Steel Train and um, they'd be like, oh, this is really good. And then Jack would start soloing and it, everybody would be like, oh my God, like I've never, it's like watching Led Zeppelin or something.
0: And that's what I'm dying to hear. Like, I'm really hoping that this album he had is the, you know, quote unquote, third album syndrome where they're just trying to be mainstream, then they're like, "Oh shit, okay, I need to go back to who I am." So, hopefully, his next yeah. album is good, and I he's actually not trying have a, to like clean it up too much because it feels very, I don't know, studio. Hmm.
1: I, I don't know because that's like, I, all the radio just kind of exists to sell cell phones now. So like. That is so true. I think we need, like, a, like some kind of revolution in that. Like, maybe a breakdown of Clear Channel or something. Because uh, I feel like even if he did break that mold, like, there wouldn't even be a space for it. I don't know.
0: Well, you know what's sad is I know for a fact he'd probably lose a lot of the fans he currently has.
1: Yeah. I actually have a great story. Uh, so the reason I started writing is I, I used to work at Drive-Thru Records. Well, work... I used to like hang around with drive-thru records. I I would do stuff like be their merch guys sometimes when their bands would go on tour, but we would always go out to like eat with the bands. And at that time when steel train was on it, um, his sister, Rachel was like always there. And she was a couple years older than me. And like, she was so beautiful. Like when I was 15, I was like, Oh my God, it's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. And we were always sat at the end of the table. Cause like everybody else had to talk business and I would just like awkwardly, like try and talk to her, but like never had anything cool to say. And she told me that she wanted to be a writer. Um, and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, in order to like get Rachel to want to go out with me, I'm like, I'm going to have to be a writer. Like that's the only thing I can do. So I never like talked to her again after this era. Uh, and she probably would think that story is creepy, but like I literally started writing every single day after that, and I really haven't stopped.
0: Oh, my! that is the best, like, writer origin story (laughs) I've ever
1: heard. Yeah, she's so famous now as a fashion designer, and her fashion is sick.
0: Oh, I love Rachel Antonoff, and not just for her amazing clothes and everything. She's a great designer. But I think her and Jack are probably, like, the ultimate sibling duo. I... Did hear that she actually helped him with uh music a little bit early on, I mean, you know, just kind of like with the backing and everything. I think she helps with a concert he does currently actually, i'm not sure who runs it him or her um ally coalition, or maybe they're both just involved, and he also runs that one music festival, I think it's called Shadow of the City. I have no clue if she's involved in that though. But yeah, I think it's really cool that like they're actually able to lean on each other and support each other in that cool way.
1: Like that, that hardcore band I was talking about. She like sings on her album and her voice is amazing, of course.
0: I would say my favorite thing about him is actually like he incorporates a lot of random sounds and other people singing and everything in the background. So.
1: Yeah, you got Bruce Springsteen on the last record.
0: You you could tell that he's been dying to do that <laughs> Like that's a it's, life's ambition You could tell like by the way he like suddenly Started dressing and it's like You want him, you want him bad
1: Well everybody from Jersey Who eventually like gets to that Next echelon is like Like the Gaslight Anthem did it uh, Like everybody has to try and become Bruce Springsteen, you know
0: It's so funny because The last person I had on here that okay, not the last person, maybe the second to last person I had on here where we were talking about music and they're from Jersey. They just like ripped on like Bruce Springsteen. So I was just like, maybe it's not an everybody thing.
1: (laughs) No. Well, if you were growing up, like when I was in the nineties and you loved punk rock, it was like, you had to not like Bruce Springsteen because that was like our parents nonsense. Um, so I always hated them, but now that, it's funny because I'm older now. All my friends have kids. They all have barbecues. Like, everybody loves Bruce now. Like, you're going home. You're driving down the highway. It's like, uh, you, when you go home, you got to listen to Bruce. It's crazy.
0: I would say, nothing beats the barbecue music. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you really learn stuff about your friends and family, when you suddenly hear their playlist, and you're like, what the hell?
1: Yeah, like, we grew up together, and you were cool. How are you? Everybody just listens to the country now, actually. That's all everybody listens to.
0: You know, we get a lot of hip hop here and everything. I mean, I have my brother and like I constantly was like, oh, my God, he's so frat boy rock. He will never like graduate to anything like tasteful or whatever. Now, every barbecue, he's got like Biggie and Tupac and shit. I'm like, you are so too white for this. But oh, my God, this is hilarious.
1: (laughs) Growing up where I did, it was like totally, which is crazy that everybody's like so racist and everything's completely segregated now because like, it was totally normal in 1997 to be like, my two favorite bands are Puff Daddy and Green Day. That was a totally normal thing to say and it wasn't weird at all. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how we were at that, like, uh, we're all together like that and like everybody split. It is crazy, crazy times.
0: I know. I feel like that, that'll that be the title of this episode, Cra- crazy times. <laughs> <laughs> I like this fun rambly like, beginning we've done. Maybe we should have you tell the world who you actually are, you know? I mean, in case Rachel is listening, reminder.
1: I, <laughs> I've always like, thought about, because I live, like my girlfriend's, Um, she's like a high up at a hotel chain. So we go, we get to go to parties or like we get to go backstage at Siren Live and stuff sometimes. So I'm always like, oh my God, if I run into her, like, should I tell her the story? Should I just like not interact with her at all? Like, is it, would it be weird? Um, I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> it changes the course of my entire life um, in a not creepy way. I, so I don't know.
0: It's a rephrasing but, um, thing. You're a writer, you could do it. <laughs>
1: But, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm Scala Dottie. I write fiction and poetry. Um, I live in Brooklyn with my dog, Josie, who's 11 months old. You'll probably hear her. Uh, I keep throwing wooden coasters at her, so she'll eat those, (laughs) not bark while I'm doing this. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I've been in New York. Like, uh, I grew up in Staten Island and then lived in Jersey for, like, a long time. And then uh, I have lived back in New York for, like, 12 years now. Moved to L.A. for six months, tried to be a screenwriter, but that didn't work.
0: Hey, there's always time. You never know. You never know. I mean, I feel like with all the streaming services, there's always a shot.
1: It's true. You never know who's going to pick up your book and where. I've left them everywhere I think an important person would be, so hopefully I get a phone call someday. Are you
0: just going to, like, start leaving them in, like, bathrooms where you know, like, important people are going to be?
1: Oh, my God. I've been doing that forever. Whenever I go see any band or whatever that I think would be like remotely interested in it. I leave a book with the merch guy, Um, whatever, every gimmicky thing you can think of. I try.
0: I keep thinking that I'm going to get really big in trouble with the Logan theater over by us because I actually keep putting stickers with a QR code <laughs> of my nice. stuff in their bathroom. They're always down the next time I'm there, but it's just like, I always just have more. I just put them back on there. I I really started getting into Chicago. Like where I would like venture into the city myself went around like, was it like 2005, you know, a little bit
1: 2004. All right. So right right around there. Fallout boy time.
0: Yeah. But it's like, I never went anywhere like cool too much. I mean, I always went to the city with my family, but when I went on my own, I would just hang out in the loop. It wasn't until I was like 16, 17, where actually it was like neighborhoods. That's where we go.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I was in Bridgeport over the weekend. I saw two shootings in two and a half days.
0: Welcome to Chicago.
1: I couldn't believe it.
0: That doesn't shock me at all um, that that would happen in Bridgeport. That's fairly close to the south side. And uh, fuck, I really hate actually associating crime with just the south side. It is definitely a sign I've become more accustomed to. I think headlines obviously play a huge factor into it. Um, People really associate Chicago for violence, but our crime rate has actually dropped severely over the last couple decades, and we are not the crime capital of the country. I think that's something that really just gets really overstated in like election years and everything. It's very sensationalized. It's very easy to say that about this city, I would argue that there are definitely different cities that are more violent, maybe like Atlanta or something like that. But I think with all big cities, you're going to have crime. You're going to have your shootings. You're going to have stabbings, muggings, all of that. I mean, when you have so many people in such a condensed area, of course that's going to happen. And as you just said, Bridgeport, that is actually an area that's becoming heavily gentrified So you're actually in the area that was actually more populated by people who didn't have as much money. And then, you know, rich investors came and just kind of bought it all up and stole their territory. So you're going to have more issues in those kind of neighborhoods. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess it is definitely something that I just kind of, have begun to filter out. I think most people in the city have. I I I think the only thing you'll ever get with a lot of people in the city when it comes to crime is they'd probably just avoid like there's this like kind of we call it the Dan Ryan Expressway. And most people just don't go beyond that unless you're running to Chinatown or to see a White Sox game. And I'm not a White Sox fan, so
1: it's hard out there i couldn't like i was in a really like just nice looking neighborhood in new york you could tell when you're in a neighborhood you're not really supposed to be in well there's not really any bad neighborhoods here anyway but like bridgeport looked really nice and first night i was there we were like in my friend's living room and we heard like pop, pop 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 and uh the guy got shot in the arm like right across the street in a drive-by and then two days later we we're coming home from the reading i did at roscoe books and uh there's a yeah, guy a slumped place. out of a, a car in a gas station and cops everywhere. There had been another drive by.
0: It's starting to be a little bit more random. It usually kind of sticks to like the South side and then maybe Humboldt Park or Pilsen occasionally, but
1: it's okay. a nice
0: new development. We've been having him another like Wicker Park randomly had it and it's like, whoa, that's where all the hipsters are. Who's going there? But yeah.
1: I like a nice new development.
0: Yeah, it, it, it is. It's one of those like we're mixing it up. Good for you, Chicago.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I had a great tamale in Pilsen.
0: Well, they're known for that shit. I mean, they're fucking fantastic and authentic as hell.
1: Totally. And the right price. That would have been $25 in New York. It was like seven there.
0: I am well aware of how insanely expensive New York is.
1: Yeah. I can't leave my apartment because I can't afford to do anything.
0: I was going to say, like, do they charge you to, like, walk out the door
1: yeah, it's $100 when you leave your door, no matter what you do.
0: Like, once you step foot on the sidewalk, the city's like, okay, taxes.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. whether you get a slice of pizza or you go see a band or whatever, it's $100 somehow.
0: Now, the few times I've gone to New York, I have no idea. I've never had any plan in place, but I've never paid to stay anywhere. I always end up finding someone. I'm just like, I'm going to sleep at your house now. <laughs>
1: Well, like on a like couch surfing or something or, you know, they'd you actually not? be
0: friends of friends like one time. Like, I don't even know. We didn't plan it at all. And my one friend was like, oh, I think I know someone who lives here. Let me call her. And we just hung out at her place and slept on her couch.
1: Oh, OK, nice. And yeah, the that's hotel how mafia. always do it. Well, there used to be Airbnbs, but the hotel mafia shut them all down. So it's like you can't stay anywhere for less than like eight hundred dollars a night.
0: I mean Airbnb scared the shit out of me ever since Barbarian and there's this southern movie The Rental that came oh, out I saw that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, now I'm just like a little freaked out. Like I went to an Airbnb a couple months ago in Astoria, Oregon, you know because that's where the Goonies was filmed oh. and I'm really nerdy. Cool. But I was like all over the place like checking shit. And I was like, "Mm, okay, just a smoke detector, sure." <laughs>
1: Always a camera, though.
0: Yeah, there could, could be. And then I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> like, you're not going to ruin my Goonies trip.
1: Did you go to the uh, the cave, or what would you do?
0: Well, one, we definitely saw the Goonies house, which um, was just recently bought by somebody, and I'm like, hell yeah to that person, because they're actually going to convert it to look completely like it looked back, like, when the movie came out. But when I saw it a couple... As I said, like months ago, they actually had a donation box out there just so people could take pictures of it. (laughs) Everything's got to have
1: a price.
0: And we went to hang out at the goondocks and actually where the caves are is actually not in Astoria. It's about a 30 minute drive away.
1: Okay. But they're pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I went to... uh jack kerouac's house one time he's like my favorite writer and uh so his his childhood house is still there and um but you gotta like find it on the internet because there's no sign or anything and then we drove up to this house uh it was like a two puerto rican families it was like a two family house like one on the first level one on the second level so we pull up they all immediately get up and start staring at us and i was like hey uh did jack kerouac live here they had no idea who that was. And then the, one, the little kid was like, the writer? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, he lived on the first floor. And then uh, they let us like, come up to the house, and there's like a tiny little plaque on the door. But uh, I think I was the only person to ever visit the house, at least while they lived there.
0: That's kind of fucking hilarious. You could tell at the Goonies' house that they were pretty used to it and annoyed by it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they even had a sign, like, we have neighbors, so keep it down.
1: What are you going to get? That's, like, the most famous movie ever. That's our okay. whole generation's favorite movie.
0: I mean, it's not like people are going to be, like, screaming, like, do the truffle shuffle or whatever. <laughs> like, no one's partying in front of the house. They're just, like, taking pictures because we're all very dorky people. We're millennials. Gen X yeah, and... probably loves the shit out of that movie, too. I keep forgetting that that's theirs.
1: It, oh, yeah, I guess it would, technically. Yeah, because you had to have, like, an older brother or something to, or a babysitter to know about the Goonies when you were, when you were young.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, I'm the youngest of five kids, so I always had my bad influences who would show me whatever I wanted. They were the babysitters.
1: Yeah, see, you're lucky. I so I grew up in Catholic school, and like I had no like introduction to anything. Thank God there was a Jewish kid across the street who went to public school because he was the one who would bring back like he showed me Green Day for the first time. Um, but I would have zero culture. Like, till I was 12, if I didn't have a public school kid across the street.
0: I like that. Just thank God there's a Jewish kid across the street.
1: Yeah, thank God.
0: I went to Catholic school for two years. Uh, that that was really shitty. But see, by that time, I was already corrupted. And then I just made it very clear to my parents that I was like, I am going to like flunk out of this unless you put me back into public school, please.
1: Uh, did they bring you to Catholic school as a punishment or something?
0: Yes. Yes. Ooh. And it, it was not fun. I mean, I don't know what it was like at your Catholic school, but, like, Horrible. all these kids, like, grew up together, you know? So, like, I was the weird outsider, and it was very awkward.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. There was—I didn't have a good time there, either. Everybody was very, very mean to me. There there was, like, two different groups of Italians in Staten Island where I grew up, and one was, like— uh connected and then there was like uh a couple of ones like me who like my dad was a firefighter and the connected kids were like tough and mean and they like if you weren't in their thing like they uh they just tortured me it was horrible
0: uh i always love the connected kids here (laughs) oh did you (laughs) they're all just so fascinating i don't know i maybe it's just because i'm irish as shit so it was just like a window into a different world and they just were always chill
1: Oh, they would not have been nice to you at my Catholic school.
0: Mm. See, it, it was kind of like a good fellows situation for me. It's like, okay, we're going to be cool with you because you're Irish. But, yeah, we're connected as shit. <laughs> but, yeah, no, my brother, see, I don't give a shit saying it. His, like, best friend is connected, and I love it. Like, he is always the best guy I've ever met, so whatever.
1: Yeah, you need those. You need some, like, stability on the block, I think.
0: Yeah. And like when I started public school again, like I knew absolutely nobody at that point, And like I was such a dork. He actually like the connected kid would let me like sit at his lunch table. And he was a senior. I was a freshman. It was so weird. And I was like, thank you, please, God. Wow. Yeah. Your paisanos are
1: very different than ours, man.
0: Yeah. Like we're just kind of polite here. <laughs> Chicagoans see isn't that fascinating that weird like dichotomy we're very polite but we will shoot your ass up
1: yeah it didn't because on the street I like I got lost and I needed to uh, like get directions and a really mean looking guy was walking at me and I was like hey man and he was like what I was like oh I'm not from here like I'm lost he's like oh all right well where are you trying to go you know
0: (laughs) welcome to Chicago like that's how we are we're like oh yeah we got you whereas, like, I've been to New York, and you guys are the douchiest people I've ever met.
1: <laughs> Ooh.
0: I, you guys, okay, they are just the, what, I don't have time for you kind of Yeah, people. oh, yeah. I mean, I would say I went to Queens to ha- hang out once, and they were really chill. So I guess it really is like in Burroughs thing. Manhattan is where the really asshole people seem to be.
1: Totally. Two cell phones. Like, uh, I don't know,
0: like totally in a rush, knocking you to the side. Not to say we aren't in a rush here in Chicago, too, but we're not bulldozing people.
1: Nobody I met in Chicago was in a rush. And I mean, in a good way, like everybody was kind of like at the bar or like what? Driving like leisurely. Actually, the driving was insane. I don't know what I'm talking about. Driving was crazy.
0: We have a lot of six-way intersections, and it's really confusing as hell. So I, I hate driving in the city.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. The, um, well, we also had to drive worrying about getting boxed in and either abducted, which was a big thing going on, apparently, or like uh, a So you have to drive knowing you have to leave like five feet in front of you to the car Like if you get behind at a stoplight Because you might have to pull out Mm -hmm. Um, So on top of almost getting Sideswiped or whatever We had to worry about getting uh, You know, killed
0: Wow, I I like how it's just like (laughs) A sign I'm so used to Like I don't even think about it
1: I know my friends did not care When the drive-by happened They were like, oh, that usually doesn't happen here I was like, "That's I've never heard that happen One time in New York City I've never heard a shot fired in New York City
0: I mean, that's what I'm saying is I think that, like, the violence is slowly trickling into other neighborhoods, and I think it's because we're trying to force gentrification further and further, so. Oh, okay. That's my guess. I don't really know who's to say. But we, I do know that we are one of the most segregated cities in the country, which is very strange.
1: Yeah, that is crazy. There's, it's not really like New York is. I, I I don't know about the, I mean, the Bronx probably is pretty segregated, but, um, we're not segregated, but just like there's not white people there. But like every other, well, Staten Island either, actually, because that's like Trump land. So three boroughs, basically. Really? I think that's everybody Trump goes
0: land? To, that's fun.
1: Oh my God. Staten Island is probably like outside of a, a small town in Alabama, the most like racist, conservative place you can go. Oh,
0: damn. That's so interesting to learn
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah it always goes red the island always goes red
0: see chicago we're blue every single time we have always voted blue for over a century
1: oh wow yeah
0: we're the democratic stronghold of the midwest
1: yeah would you ever read the jungle yeah yeah so actually i had my friends take me to the stockyards because like the jungle i think is the best book ever written um And there was nothing there. There There's nothing to say, which was kind of disappointing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You could tell, like, I I mean, that book was basically all about why we need to be, why we need socialism. So I could see that Chicago would be a democratic city for sure.
0: And we had, um, you know, a very big connected people and the mafia and daily, And we were pretty corrupt as shit. And, Yeah. We really forced people, kind of twisted their arms, being like, be a Democrat. (laughs) Well, we'll see what's going to happen,
1: man. I think, like, New York, which is, quote-unquote, out of control, um, I think we're going to see, like, uh, a lot of things swing to the right, like, on the next election.
0: Oh, that's scary.
1: Yeah, so hopefully that doesn't happen in Chicago.
0: In Chicago, at least I remember in the 90s, because I would hear, like, the adults talk about it, but, like, they would get paid under-the-table bonuses if they voted Democrat. Wow. Yeah, like, it was just one of those things, because we're a very big union city and everything. Yeah. So it was just one of those, like, you better go blue. (laughs)
1: It's weird because our – like the leadership of all of our unions here, the police union, I don't know about the fire department, but like the carpenters union, which has like 70,000 members, the leadership is all blue and encourages the guys to vote blue. But all the guys, cops, carpenters are like crazy republicans for the most part. So you have a lot of infighting with the unions now since Trump. Like the guy – they're like – they don't want to be told to vote blue. They, they hate democrats.
0: Maybe they should try the bribing thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it seems to work, I guess.
1: Yeah, money talks. I'm surprised Trump wasn't like, if you just vote for me, I'll give every one of you a million dollars. Like, why you not? Afford it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do have to say, he was like the world's shittiest president, but at least it was a little interesting. Now, like, I don't know. Biden bores me.
1: He is boring, but I mean,
0: i am a socialist though so i i i'm on his side so yeah
1: yeah i i mean i voted for him because like as a i mean i would even say like i'm, I'm more of a, a marxist than than that but like
0: uh oh thank god Frank. i always try and like lighten my thing up just so it's a little more tasteful for people okay
1: <laughs> no i'm with you i mean i i'm our political platform should be we need to murder every rich person and redistribute their wealth. I'm not into collective farming, but I'm into redistribution.
0: <laughs> first, you got to kill them and then you'll see what happens.
1: Exactly. That's first.
0: See, now it plays into the Taylor Swift thing again.
1: Yeah, know <laughs> she's a perfect example of everything wrong with capitalism.
0: I will say they keep saying within a year that she's going to like be a, mil- a billionaire. Sorry, she's already got like what, 600 million or whatever.
1: She has the, uh, my girlfriend's from Rhode Island. I know the richest or, like, most expensive house or whatever is owned by her in Westerly, Rhode Island.
0: She actually wrote a song about that house. Wow. (laughs) And that is, like, the height of, like, rich people flex I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, I'm bored out of my mind. I'm going to write about my $14 million house.
1: (laughs) What do you even say to that? Great. Good for her.
0: I know. It's so interesting. Jack Antonoff actually was a co-writer for that one. It's called Last um, Great American Dynasty, and it's about the history of the house and how the person who originally owned it was, like, really eccentric, very kind of, like, Great Gatsby-like. But then a lot of reports came out that she's kind of the same way.
1: (laughs) I think, was that, like, a 14-minute song?
0: No, that's the all too well. I'm getting a little prepped because I know next Friday, um, I was supposed to take my niece out for her 21st birthday, but it was the pandemic then 22nd birthday. And I just didn't give a shit. So this year I'm taking her out and she demanded that we're going to a Taylor Swift dance party. So
1: I would go to that. I, I there's enough Taylor Swift songs that I love. Like, uh, I used to make my band cover, We Are Never Getting Back Together. Like, I loved all those songs.
0: Oh, if you actually go back and listen to some of the the off-the-record episodes, I have one person actually doing a slam poetry version of that song. Wow,
1: all right. I will definitely go back and listen to that. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, she is such an interesting person, and, like, her hits are, like, they're a vibe, you know? I dig it, but... Yeah, I, I just don't think I could say, like, altogether she's a genius.
1: Well, I remember, like, so Max Martin, he he's written, if you Wikipedia him, he, he's written basically, like, every awesome number one hit song for, like, 20 years now. So I remember she was like, yeah, I was, like, sitting in the studio with Max, like, uh, you know, like, co-writing these songs or whatever, and I was like, no, you weren't. Like, you, you told him, like, uh, some bullshit relationship you were in, then he sat there, and wrote a hit song. Like, I can tell by your catalog that you weren't sitting there with your guitar writing this song. Dude. We're going to get killed by these Swifties. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I it's was like, going
0: to say, like,
1: you're I know. putting
0: your name on a list right now.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I have to keep interjecting that I was a huge fan.
0: I know. I, I just have to be like, I, I like a lot of the songs. I'm going to, like, her dance party. I'll, I'll show. I'm going to sing all too well with all the Swifties. This is going to be fun. Nice. Don't kill me. <laughs> I also tried to get tickets to ERAs. Like, so, we'll see. Is this the
1: concert that um everybody's freaking out about because the tickets are like a million dollars?
0: Yeah, the one that basically, like, shut down Ticketmaster. Pearl Jam was very happy with that result, so.
1: Yeah, they've been fighting the good fight for, like, 30 years.
0: I find it hilarious that everybody forgot about that, so... It was nice that they actually came back and being like, we were the ones who actually initially were pissed at them. (laughs) You know, just to remind everybody who we are.
1: Yeah, I was like too young for them in the 90s. So like, like the college, like my babysitter loved them, but I never could get into that that band. I hate the way that guy sings.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I actually uh, have an ex-boyfriend who, when I was in high school, he was just like, I can't stand Eddie Vedder. I can't stand the way he sings or whatever. And then out of nowhere, like a couple of years ago, he told me, he was just like, I want to let you know. I, I get it now. I'm into it. And I was like, wow, Why? we don't even know each other anymore, but thanks.
1: I thought <laughs> it was such a, <laughs> such a dark spot in his history that he had to come out and clear the air. That's funny.
0: I mentioned it on the last episode, too, that he also let me know randomly that he had become a Satanist. And I was like, thank you for letting me that, know that, too.
1: Wow. Well, you know how to pick him.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I- I've been in a relationship now with someone else for 11 years. So it's like, mm, OK, why are you talking to me still?
1: Yeah, that's good. I've been in uh, a relationship now for like a little over nine years. Um, hey, and, we know uh, how to commit. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a Libra, and she's a Scorpio, with, which historically does not work out that well. But we, we vibe pretty good, man. She's cool as hell. See, I'm a Virgo,
0: and he's a Libra, and I have no idea what that means, actually. So,
1: if I had somebody do my tarot card, right. card once and explained it all.
0: See, there we go. I need someone to do that for me. We saw a psychic once who said that we're going to be together forever. So that's interesting. I, I don't trust the psychic, but who knows?
1: hey nobody argues with good news
0: i mean it's one of those like we were in new orleans we had a lot of hurricanes it's one of those all right we'll agree with you
1: (laughs) i got my enough.
0: you'll just kind of trust whatever
1: totally and if it makes you feel good of course
0: yeah like he, he also was like and you're gonna become an amazing writer someone who everyone remembers and i was like you so know me. Thank you. And he was like, do you like to listen to music to get into like the mood to inspire? And I was like, yes. And he was like, I could tell.
1: Wow. Okay. This is uh. that's pretty deep. Actually. That's kind of frightening.
0: I know. That's what happens when you hang out at New Orleans in the French quarter and you find a guy on the sidewalk. Who's like, I will tell you your future. What did that cost? It was like 40 bucks.
1: All right. That's actually not that bad.
0: I don't know what, like, an expense. I don't know a good deal at all. But as I said, lots of alcohol.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. I got my tarot cards read on this tour that I just was on, uh, like, two weeks ago. And um, it was, like, three in the morning. um, And she, like, uh, whatever. I, like, pulled the deck into three uh different like denominations of cards that she then stacked and then she flipped them all over and she was like, All right, all eight of these cards say that something really bad is about to happen to you and you're not gonna have the strength to like overcome it. You're gonna give up. But this one card says if you really, really want to, you can, but you probably won't.
0: I would demand a refund.
1: Yeah, right. No, actually, she's not what
0: I came in here for.
1: (laughs) She did it for free because she's practicing. She's going to start an OnlyFans and do topless tarot card readings.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a really cool concept, though.
1: Totally. And she was cool as hell, but I was like at three in the morning. I then went outside immediately, called my girlfriend and my mom, and I was like, I love you guys. Since you're my two favorites, it sounds like something terrible is going to happen to one of you. So, sorry.
0: That is so hilarious. Now I need to find myself someone to do my tarot card. You know, I actually do. There is someone like where they advertise that's like only a couple blocks from me. Maybe I should finally check it out.
1: Yeah, why not? I
0: know what. What harm is it gonna do? Maybe I need some more alcohol in my system first. I don't know if yeah, I well, the voodoo guy thing.
1: already gave you good news, so even if this is bad news, who cares?
0: I know. Trust, trust the cool New Orleans guy. That guy, yeah. he knew what he was talking about, for sure. <laughs> but, alright, so I love the hell out of your soundtrack, as I should have been listening to it instead of listening to TikTok shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I have actually listened to your soundtrack quite a bit, especially when I was traveling and everything. I think it's funny, um, do you not have your own Spotify?
1: Uh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because I like, had to be like, I-, I see his name hits the odds, top 20, but it's like added by, and I assume that's your girlfriend's name?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but actually, since then, uh, which I'll send you the link to, I've gone and... I didn't know, but I don't have to pay for Spotify to put together a playlist. I just can't personally listen to it in order for free. But I put together a top 30. So that's the money shot. That's the one we got to give the people.
0: I almost want to be like, what 10 songs did you add? Like, is it the same playlist plus 10 or did you just like redo it?
1: No, it's just just plus 10.
0: Okay, you got to tell us right now
1: uh i can't actually because i don't have it downloaded on my computer but <laughs> <laughs> it's there and we'll link it
0: okay we we will learn it's gonna <laughs> be in the show notes but i i really liked. that's why i was excited that you had a uh, steel train and rilo kiley i mean seriously i mean this shit was my soundtrack in high school i'd listen to this shit on my mp3 player that's how old we are
1: yeah. Riley Kylie was like one of the best bands ever. I mean Jenny Lewis is so cool.
0: I would kill to see Jenny Lewis.
1: I got to see her in like uh with her and the Watson twins, like and I was like in row two uh in Philadelphia. It was um, unbelievable.
0: Like I'm unbelievable. trying to see if I've seen any of these I saw Newfound Glory once. Like yeah, I was struggling
1: with their which song to pick with them, but I thought that cover was pretty good.
0: And then I obviously I haven't seen Still Train, but I've seen Bleachers three times. <laughs> I could time travel and see. <laughs> I mean, seems like that would have been a really good show.
1: Yeah, they were great, man. And they were, like, before their – so their second record is, like, more strokesy kind of or whatever, indie rock. But their first record, they, like, the country hippie record, mm-hmm. um, I got to fly out with the owner of the record label to – they were recording on a farm in San Francisco, like, a huge horse farm. Um, and uh, I got to, like, go out and, like, hear a bunch of the demos and, like, hang out. And they had – a mandolin player, maybe from the Grateful Dead or something, like, did, did all the mandolin on that record. Um, but it was, like, so cool that there used to be, like, so much money and time to, like, sit there and come together as a band and, like, put something out like that. It was amazing.
0: How many of the hmm. bands have you actually seen live on here?
1: Um, probably most of them. Let me pull this up real quick. Yeah, because... That was, like, right around the time when I was uh, with Drive Through Records, like, every single day. So, mm-hmm. like, I got to go to Europe a bunch of times with them. Um, lucky bastard. Yeah, I was pretty lucky. Well, I was d- l- super lucky. I was, like, the luckiest person I knew. It was amazing <laughs> that, like, nothing good ever happened with my life because it, w- it was really great when I was 17.
0: You know, fuck that tarot card reader. She had no <laughs> idea what she was talking
1: about. Uh yeah, I've seen every one of these bands. Every one of these bands. And uh Who put on the best show? And they were all great. Um who put on the Well Bright Eyes is my favorite band of all time. I've um, had Yeah, and they still tour and their tours are still awesome. Uh I've probably seen them like sixty times. So I would have to go Bright Eyes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the postal service, actually. I've never seen them.
0: I I don't know. If I don't know anyone who's seen them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're about to go back on tour. We can do it.
0: No, I would definitely do it. Yeah. You know, I'm I don't know if we hit that age yet or like where we're allowed to really like go crazy at concerts.
1: Well, I find this whole nostalgia thing like really corny. Like it it wasn't that long ago, first of all, and all these bands have been touring this entire time. Just nobody's been going to see them.
0: That's so sad when you say it like that.
1: Yeah. New Vangloria still puts out a record like every year. They don't need to play the, we were young festival. Like, uh, you know how long my chemical romance broke up. Like that couldn't have been 10 years ago that they broke up. Like we could have, could have just went to see them 10 years ago.
0: See, I wasn't able to go see them 10 years ago. Cause I was broke as shit, but I That'll almost saw them. <laughs> earlier this year and then just other shit got in the way
1: yeah well and i
0: had the tickets too i just ended up giving them away but i hear it ended up being a shit show where like kind of almost a crowd crush situation oh yeah it was a riot fest and that was in douglas park that would be a shitty neighborhood where a chicago shooting could have happened
1: is that out by bridgeport
0: Uh, You have to pass Bridgeport.
1: Okay, so it's, like, further south than that?
0: Yeah. It's one of those things that most people who are not from Chicago don't understand, that actually the south side is actually the largest area. Oh, okay. (laughs) We just have this, like, small little segment of the city where it's like, oh, this is the nice area.
1: Well, I think people might, like, I mean, unless everybody gets killed, like... People are going to have to leave New York and L.A. because it's unaffordable. And Chicago, aside from the crime, is everything that New York was, like, 20 years ago. It's, like, the price, the artists, the food. Like, New York sucks now, unless you're super rich.
0: I mean, if I had an option, I would probably go to L.A. currently. But, I mean, I really do like Chicago definitely 10 times better than New York. I mean, I enjoyed New York, but it's such a different aesthetic. Our crime isn't that bad. I mean, it's one of those like you just happen to catch like some pretty random things that like if you were to actually think on the ratio basis, it doesn't happen that often in our areas. Right. Yeah. But as I said, like it's kind of like you're used to it if it does happen. It's like, oh shit, that happened.
1: Yeah, I guess you get used to anything if it happens enough times. But I don't know it wouldn't you say that
0: like it's like the next city i mean it's the nickname of chicago is the second city so
1: well i heard that wasn't in relation to new york though it was like because the city burned down or something mm. and like all of us new yorkers are like oh it's like the second city it's the city after us but the chicago people were very quick to point out that that was not why it was called the second city
0: so from what i learned Chicago was often referred to as the second city during the battle with New York as a selection for the site of the Columbian Exhibition, which is the World's Fair that we eventually then became known as the White City. But, you know, the Chicago Fire happened in 1871, and it provided the residents an opportunity to build a new and better constructed city. It's almost just one of those things where, like, when you ask, like, why is this called the Windy City or the City of Big Shoulders? You could insinuate, you can make guesses, but it's like, who, who the fuck really knows? But I always like the idea that, you know, we are distinct from other cities. We are the bridge city. We are the city that connects the east to the west. And for a very long time, obviously, we were the second largest city, but... No, I, I get it. The idea that we were a do-over. This was, there was one city before the Great Fire, and then obviously there was another city built upon it that was not totally built um, by wood. <laughs> Thank God. And also it was uh, lifted. I don't remember how high, but our entire city is actually raised up, and that's pretty badass. We made ourselves a second city, and I think that's pretty badass.
1: Oh my god, that's well. I was staying with my friend and his fiance, so I wasn't going to argue with her. She had a lot of Chicago pride.
0: Oh god, I I had it like a couple months ago, back in the summer. I love how I say a couple months ago for everything. But I was at a party with someone, and like I was telling them what like the four stars and the Chicago flags stood for, and like they were so like adamant about what they stood for. And I was just like, yeah, okay. I'm just going to let you think that.
1: Okay. Yeah. We need more people like you, I think.
0: Yeah. I I know like when the like argument is like when you lost it, it's like, (laughs) okay, I'm just going to let you believe whatever you want to believe.
1: Well, I'm also five. Okay. Right on. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. Like, uh, like, the people I was staying with was like, oh, whenever we have people from New York come stay with us, they're like, New York's better for this reason and this reason. I'm like, I'm not like that at all. I'm like, Chicago is way better for this reason and this reason. Like, uh, I don't have any pride in anything, which is another problem. But, like, you don't have to just lie about your city, you know?
0: I mean, I just kind of, like, I see the positives in every city, but then I also see the shittiness in every city. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, you know, every place, it's just a place.
1: Yeah, but we all pay too much to live.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Oh, God, I can get into socialism more. Okay, <laughs> let's go back to writing and <laughs> music. Okay. Um, what is the most recent concert you've been to? I'm going on to shit that people actually told me to ask you.
1: Okay. Well, so in Chicago, I went to the, um, the Mill or the Green Hill, or the, the Green Mill. Uh, Green Mill. Yeah, and that was awesome. Um, That was like a review.
0: Mm
1: So I don't know if you've ever been there, if that counts. Oh, yes. Um,
0: The Chicago staple.
1: (laughs) And the last band I saw was actually Bright Eyes on his last tour. Uh, So, and they were great. Um, The singer looks like he's been through the ringer.
0: What is the most polarizing band you like?
1: Ooh. Well, I, I love pop music. I don't like this wouldn't be. Yeah. And I love 80s pop music. Like I really love like Cyndi Lauper and stuff like that. Um,
0: You and I would get along at the barbecue.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. But we have to ha- we'll do like a live one of these sometime. Oh, definitely. Um, Oh, my dog's barking at me.
0: I like that I can't hear it. That's perfect.
1: Oh, OK, good. I, I have like a pop filter on the mic. So hopefully that's like diffusing some of it.
0: Yeah, if your dog is doing anything, I can't hear it. I mean, you can't hear my cat, like, going crazy, can you? No. (laughs) Then we're good. She's running around like she's on crack. I don't know what's going on.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, something that's contemporary, though, that I'm like, oh, that band's really good, and everybody's like, no, that band sucks. Usually it's pop punk stuff, honestly.
0: I love pop punk, but, you know, I think it's because we grew up in the aughts. It could be. Maybe. (laughs) i mean it was definitely very like forced on us a little bit
1: yeah it's weird too now that with these like nostalgia fests come up because it's like there's an awful lot of people that i went to high school with who were not into pop punk that uh then like post about it like oh my god the you know the when we were young festival or uh the starting lines doing their holiday show i'm like i was 17 with you i was I listened to this and I was not cool at all for listening to this. Like you were listening to Buster Rhymes and J-Lo.
0: I mean, oh God. Okay. I can't. I was going to say another Taylor Swift thing. I'm just not going to.
1: No, let's, let's stay away from that. I
0: was just going to say how she said that she identified as an emo when she was a teenager. And somebody like, we knew you as a teenager, Taylor. You. you were not an emo.
1: And just that, like, shocked face she has whenever she wins her 10 millionth award or, like, something like that is so annoying.
0: You ever notice that she's not there when she doesn't win the award?
1: I did not notice that.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that.
1: It's almost like they know beforehand if they're going to win or not.
0: Oh, my God. That's such a controversy. Conspiracy (laughs) theory. They probably do. (laughs) Okay, you know, since I just said emo, this is a question of mine because I actually, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a filmmaker and I have no idea why I did this, but I actually made a documentary about emos and the very first question I would say was, what does emo mean to you?
1: Okay. Well, there was a split, I think. if you're, You can tell the generation gap by if, like, Saves the Day was your emo band, or My Chemical Romance was your emo band. Like there were so many bands in New Jersey like Saves the Day that like that was the definitive emo sound. And that, like the super tight pants, the moppy hair, uh like converse. That's what we all wore. And we there's this place called New Brunswick that would have like basement shows that like Thursday would play at, Saves the Day would play at. That was emo. So then when like my Camel Gromads got big and like the eyeliner and like the, um, the Hello Kitty goth thing. And then the news was calling that emo. We were all like, that's not emo. And like uh, suddenly got like really defensive of the genre. Um,
0: you want to get defensive, actually look up emo on Spotify. Mm. There apparently are still bands, new bands that you've never heard of that are identifying as it. And it's like, who the fuck are you?
1: Yeah, you can't do that. It's but, almost
0: like if they're suddenly like, "Oh, we're grunge." Like, no, you're not. Get the fuck you out of here. You're
1: not. <laughs> but I'm saying this as like somebody who was in high school in the early 2000s. Like, there was a whole group of people before that who would say, like, you know, "Says the Day is not emo. It's uh, the Promise Ring or um, Jawbreaker and all those like Midwest bands." Yeah, so
0: I would actually count them more as goth. As goth. Little bit jawbreaker,
1: yeah. Maybe jawbreaker. Okay, the Promise Ring is like a is a better example. Yeah, they wrote the Nothing Feels Good record, so like that, and that's about as emo of a title as you can get. Yeah, um, but I would say like Saves the Day is emo to me. Like uh, all piling in your friend's car and trying to like go to the city to see like uh, all these dudes with bleached hair and tight pants.
0: So I guess we know the answer to did you identify as an emo? Uh,
1: no. Cause it was also like really offensive to be called an emo kid.
0: <laughs> you know, it's fun, funny. Cause like I have no issue cause I know I was an emo kid where it's like, yeah, whatever. Same thing. It's like, I know I was hipstery. So, you know, you could call me a hipster back in the day. I don't care.
1: Well, At least in New Jersey, though, simultaneously with this, like, saves the day, brand new uh, thing that was happening, like, there there was a hardcore scene that was, like, fat dudes in E-Town concrete sweatshirts and basketball shorts who would go to these shows and beat the shit out of emo kids. So, you didn't – you never wanted to be called an emo kid because, like, a guy named Fat Pat was, like, always on the way to beat the shit out of you. Like – there were times we'd be online outside of, like, emo band shows, and they'd be like, Fat Pads coming, he's going to beat the shit out of all you emo kids. <laughs> okay. Only they would use, like, homophobic slurs at us, not call us emo kids. But, oh, there uh, was
0: that one really popular YouTube song talking shit about emo kids. I
1: don't know this one.
0: Oh, dude, I'm going to look it up. Because I, I feel like we were of age when YouTube first got, like, really huge... I yeah. Really think it was just called emo kid. Yeah, I like how like I just immediately emo kid song. I'm not gonna click into it. I'll send it to you later. Yes, yeah, it it. <laughs> I But no, you should definitely write a song. I mean, not a song, a short story about Fat Pat.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: That would be hilarious. Like the whole time I was just thinking, I was like, I would so want to read about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, another weird thing about this, like. So we were, like, pop-punk kids, I guess. Like, the term emo kid really hadn't been used yet. But looking back, we were definitely emo kids. But there was also, like, a neo-Nazi element that would come out from West Jersey, like, where the mountains are. And she'd be at, like, a cafe seeing a band that sounds like Paramore, uh, a hardcore band that was like, destroy the bathroom and, like, there would never be a show allowed at the cafe again. And like three Nazis in like uh, like pea coats with like swastika bands. and you just stayed away from them. It was like totally your parents would drop you off. Like there's like three Nazis at the show. It, sometimes there'd be like a straight edge mafia it was a gang in Jersey that would beat the shit out of the Nazis, but like it was like not uncommon at all to see that.
0: I will say we got the Nazis at our shows shows too.
1: Oh okay. Definitely like Time very pepsi-
0: skinhead types. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was definitely straight out of American History X, but at a show.
1: Well, and I think in the Midwest you had a lot of because like we didn't really have skinhead bands like uh, like non-racist skinhead bands, but I think like in the Midwest there was a lot of like non-racist skinheads fighting with like Nazi skinheads, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. That was always very interesting. You you just kind of hug the wall and just kind (laughs) of watch that. okay um what is the most polarizing book you like um
1: polarizing book
0: i know they exist
1: i don't know actually because like uh i don't read like where the crawdad sings or any of that stuff i can't th- like every time i try to read like a da vinci code or like uh well here's one harry potter okay every time i go to somebody's house and they're like Oh, you're a writer. Did you ever read Harry Potter? And I'm like, "No," because I wasn't nine like when that came out or like six or whatever the hell my little sister was reading Harry Potter. And then
0: we're not friends anymore.
1: Well, okay. Instead of taking that as <laughs> like, uh, "Oh, he's a jerk" or whatever, everybody feels the need to then explain to me Harry Potter as if I don't know it. Like, uh like they're like, "Well, you couldn't possibly just not like Harry Potter?" I- if I explain it to you for an hour and a half, then you'll like Harry Potter and I like
0: how it's like polarizing for another reason these days but
1: <laughs> oh yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't really uh a lot get of people think
0: Kerouac is pretty polarizing, so you got that going
1: I guess, yeah, but that's I mean, I don't know, I guess he would be polarized, he could be polarizing his writing's not polarizing though he's not like. He was definitely like anti-Semitic and all that stuff, like drunk in interviews. But like in his books, there's nothing like that. It's just like a beautiful discovery, man, of this country. It's cool. Like I always read it in awe. Like uh, it's almost like as if a six-year-old with an amazing talent wrote about seeing the world for the first time. It's like a, a wonderment that you could never replicate.
0: He always gave me like a restless feeling. I don't know if you got that, like, where it's just like, you just want to get out and go out there and see the world.
1: Exactly. Like with JK Rowling and like Dave Chappelle, I don't know why, like plenty of people like have those feelings, you know, like uh, every single dad I've ever talked to well, they're letting the boys on the girls team, you know, whatever. But it's just like, shut up. Who cares? It doesn't affect you in any way. So that they make it their like career goal to destroy themselves on this hill is insane.
0: I know. Don't you ever just want to tell them, just be like, get off Twitter, get off now.
1: Yeah, If you're already rich, why are you on social media?
0: JK Rowling. She just wants to be so relevant. And she just stopped.
1: Didn't they cut her out? The HBO did like a, like a Harry Potter 20 year or whatever. I think they, they did cut her out of that.
0: (laughs) Although I, I have to say I loved watching that the behind the scenes because I don't know, like you just never imagine how weird as shit things looked behind the scenes Mm. and they show like the final battle of Hogwarts and it is seriously just a shit ton of teenagers just waving wands at each other and like saying spells. And it looks like so cosplaying as fuck. (laughs) Cause you you don't have like the color or the noise or whatever. I, I imagine that's probably how Star Wars was like with the lightsabers. I I don't know.
1: Mm, yeah, probably.
0: But like I don't know, it looked like so nerdy. Where I was just like, I think I've witnessed people do this in a field. Like
1: exactly. I don't know. I never liked any of that. I wasn't introduced to sci-fi or any of that when I was younger, and I liked comic books, but like for the storytelling. So I really hate all popular culture right now like all these like zombie shows survival shows and superhero movies like i hate all that shit
0: see i i I just can't stand disney at all because they as you just said they just kind of invested everything in marvel and star wars and everything and i don't know if i ever actually truly liked star wars Mm. i think i liked one of them
1: yeah they were right i don't know yeah
0: The writing, and see, now this is where we get to being writers. I felt it was very inconsistent and pretty sloppy. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. I just rewatched Indiana Jones.
1: You ever watch Indiana Jones?
0: Everyone tells me how amazing Indiana Jones is. I've seen bits and pieces, and I don't know if they're the same movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know he hates (laughs) snakes, and I know Sean Connery is his father.
1: Well, so that's another one. And I know life. there's
0: an Asian kid in one of them. Oh yeah,
1: short round. I think uh, he's
0: the same kid in The Goonies. He was...
1: is. Yeah, short <laughs> round. Yeah, he. Um. So this is another example of this. Like Indiana Jones is my favorite movie. All like I just watched them over and over and over. Then I become an adult, and uh, my girlfriend's never seen Indiana Jones. I'm like, what? You've never seen Indiana Jones? We've got to watch Indiana Jones right now. I put it on for ten minutes. I was like, oh, this is horrible. Like. We don't need to watch Indiana Jones anymore. It was just, it did not hold up at all. The writing was terrible. Uh, it looked ridiculous. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. I don't know. I tried to watch Indiana Jones with my fiance. I'm just gonna say it again. A couple months ago, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it was all that was on TV because we were staying at a hotel. Because at that point, I was just like, no more Airbnbs, and it was all that <laughs> was on. And I was just like, all right, I'll give it a try. And then, like, I don't know, 10 minutes later, I was just like, I'm done.
1: Yeah, that's about how far we got. And I was like, oh, okay. You had to be eight, I guess, to watch this.
0: It might have been really marketed just towards boys. I'm not sure. I mean, I know there's another one coming out.
1: The last one they put out was the worst movie ever made. So this is definitely going to be atrocious.
0: I mean, I would say, like, the fact that, like, he's like in his sixties and is still a professor at the university of Chicago that holds up. I mean that (laughs) a guy not wanting to like give up his tenure. That definitely checks out, but everything else, like if I swear to God, if he has that whip or whatever and is doing amazing stunts, I'd be like Harrison Ford, stop it.
1: Shia LaBeouf with his, was his son. I think in the last one that I saw,
0: do you think they'll do like an amazing thing where they like off screen, kill him? And then they just talk about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll probably get like 10 more Indiana Joneses out of the franchise before they let them die.
0: Uh, see, I, I would like to have like a weird like, I don't know, this is like a, a vengeance story or like you killed my son, Nazi, who still exists.
1: Oh, Always <laughs> oh, <he's> Nazi. <laughs> Although, I don't know, Nazis are too big in our pop culture right now. I don't think they're going to have Nazis in the movie.
0: Isn't that what they always do though? Like they always put like the actual current bad guy in the movies. Like you remember like that annoying era where every bad guy was a Russian guy. And then obviously recently it was all middle Eastern person. And now we're back to Russian people.
1: (laughs) Well, I think they were like, Oh, everybody on earth agrees that Nazis are bad. We can use them as the bad guy. But now all of a sudden a lot of people like Nazis So I don't know if they'll go that route.
0: Don't you love that it's always the people that, like, are really obsessed with World War II, but the fact that we want it, that are obsessed with, like, being a Nazi now?
1: That's always crazy. Also, like, our pop stars are sympathetic to Nazis, which is a new thing.
0: Yeah, that is pretty new. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, things were kind of better without social media because they couldn't say that. They had someone else being like, shh don't, don't tell them.
1: Right. You're drunk. Stop talking.
0: Yeah. But they don't need to know this. Just keep playing your music and then go away. (laughs) You know, they say in an interview and maybe the PR person or manager is like, okay, we're done with this interview. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) He has no idea what he's talking about. Kanye would probably have that like crazy.
1: Totally. I used to work at a celebrity hotel where like, uh, like the celebrities were always doing crazy shit. Like, um,
0: I would like to say that that sounds like it could be a reality TV series.
1: They've tried. Oh, they Bravo came in and was, was trying to like figure out how to make this like a Vanderpump rules kind of thing.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: we we're all like, like 24, uh, and like in New York, and it was just like nothing but money and celebrities. It would have been great, but it was, um, it was like where Beyonce, well, it was where Jay Z got beat up by Beyonce's sister. Um,
0: oh, I don't yeah. Remember that. We all remember that.
1: Yeah. I so, so, like, I worked that night that that happened. And, uh, but, like, 10 minutes after that happened, you would have, like, never known it happened. It, like, bleached everything, scrubbed everything. And then, like, uh, there was, like, a nice new shiny face on the hotel until, like, the next day when all the paparazzi showed up. But, mm-hmm. um, Like, there were, like, murders or, like, suicides or whatever that, like, ten minutes later you would have never known that anything had happened. It's crazy.
0: See, that would be a really... Write a book about that.
1: Yeah, I should.
0: See, everything, like, I'm just discovering new project ideas for you.
1: I know, you should be my uh, mom and agent, I think.
0: Yeah, I'll just, like, occasionally be like... Don't forget to write about the crazy people who wanted to kill emo kids at concerts, <laughs> and you know, make sure you get into that celebrity hotel shit for sure. Hell
1: yeah, that's hilarious. Well, we've spent about two minutes of this podcast talking about writing. That's funny.
0: You know, I was actually going to say, okay, we did kind of touch on Kerouac, and obviously, you, you—is he like your favorite favorite writer?
1: No, a guy named Nick Tosches is my favorite prose writer. Um, he uh, he was, like, really big in, like, the rock journalism era uh, with, like, Lester Bangs and those guys. But he was, like, a great writer. He's been almost completely forgotten by history. But he has a million books. Most of them are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's, like, my favorite writer. Like, if I want to get into something, I'll, like, read a chapter of his or whatever, like, get into the mindset.
0: What would, uh, like what would you read? What would you go to?
1: Well, he wrote a book called Hellfire, which is like the best book on rock and roll. It's about Jerry Lee Lewis, but it's like, these are like rock.
0: Right. Excuse me. That was like eighties, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even earlier. Actually, no, that book probably came out like much earlier than that. (laughs) Um, I know I'm like, he's, he's my favorite writer. I have no idea when his book came out. Um, but he actually just died recently. Uh, and that he's like and he was the a, only reason
0: I'm kind of familiar with him.
1: Well, he's a fucking piece of shit, too. Like, I, um, when I got my book published, I knew there's a bar in New York that he hangs or well, hung out at called Circuit Tobacco. It's the last bar you can smoke cigarettes in. Mm-hmm. So I brought a copy of my book to give him, and like, uh, I don't know, like, hopefully have him be like, you're the man, we should hang out every single day. And, uh, He was cool for a while and he got wasted. Then he was really mean. And then I gave him my book and uh, left. And then like three weeks later, I get a phone call from a homeless kid who's living in the Staten Island Ferry Terminal who has my book because (laughs) this asshole left the bar and threw my book in the fucking envelope into the garbage can. And this homeless kid thought it was money or something, opened up, found my book, then took it to the ferry terminal, started reading it really liked it and then i don't know how he got my cell phone over i'm sure it's online somewhere and uh called me and he was like i love this book if you're ever near the Staten island ferry terminal like let's get a 40 and hang out (laughs) uh so it was kind of like serendipitous that like i I got a a fan out of it but uh i
0: was about to say that yeah
1: i was like this motherfucker just takes my book and just it was the garbage can i was like where did you find it it was like the garbage can right in front of circuit the back he would even make it like six feet you just throw it out
0: yeah, that's how a lot of celebrities be. Yeah, that's what they do. What book was it?
1: Oh, uh, play the devil.
0: Okay, I dig it. Yeah, maybe he would have dug it if he wasn't a douchebag. Believe me, I, I've met quite a few <laughs> who are assholes. Okay. Yeah, but then who, some who are amazing. I met Patty Smith once. She was like the nicest. She she is the perfect intersection for this, you know, music and writing.
1: Yeah, she. Uh, they. I don't know if they dated, but they were, like, best friends in the 70s. Really? Her and this guy, Nick Toshas. Yeah, they were, like, in the same exact punk scene in New York.
0: Yeah, I don't think they'd get along today. I don't know if he was still alive. Who she, knows? Then again, you know what? You hear about so many celebrities who still hang out with pricks, and they're actually the nicest people. So, <laughs> as you say, who knows?
1: Yeah, I actually met Patty Smith uh, one time too. I used to live on Thompson Street in uh, Greenwich Village, and she had her same rent control or whatever that she'd been having since the '70s. Um, and I ran into—I was actually this is a good story. It's—it's uh, going to take like two minutes to tell. But I had a t-shirt company that I started with my best friend, and uh, we had just gotten in on Joe Jonas, right? So we were selling out of t-shirts. Uh, He posted about it with Gigi Hadid. It was like, we're, we're going to make it. We're going to get bought out by Supreme. We're in. And then my friend starts dating this chick and then takes her to Jamaica and takes all the money out out of our bank account to do this. And it lies about it. Right. So I just found this out and I went into a murderous rage. I was Blipping out i was like i'm ready to go to jail for the rest of my life i'm gonna kill him i knew like where he was working i was gonna go kill him and but first i had to stop at the postage place on the corner of thompson and west third to uh go mail out a package to somebody who bought a t-shirt and when i was in there patty smith was in there getting her p.o box emptied and uh i was like holy shit like you're patty smith and um we were like talking for a minute. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm on my way to kill my best friend. You're the last person I'm going to go. I'm, you're the last person I'm going to talk to before I go to jail. And she was like, Oh, it like, you know, a t-shirt company, the thing you've always wanted to do. And I was like, no. And she's like, Oh, are you like really into fashion? And I was like, no, it's just something we did that worked. And she was like, well, then why do you care? Like wait till it's something that you're passionate about and you love and then kill somebody for that. Like, don't kill somebody for this. And I was like, that's great fucking advice, Patty Smith. Like, totally calmed me down. She gave me two pins that said horses on it, and uh, then I went home, chilled. Didn't kill my friend.
0: She definitely is the kind of person who would give advice like that,
1: right? Isn't that? That was great advice. It was anything else would have set me into a fucking like tailspin, but that totally chilled me out.
0: Yeah, it's like wait till you find something you're passionate about, then murder for it,
1: right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> then you just have to wonder, like, has she done it?
1: Yeah, she was totally calm about it. She knew.
0: She's probably, like, buried some bodies. She's Mary <laughs> smith. She just hasn't put that in her books. It's not in Just kids.
1: Yeah, you're right. We need the memoirs.
0: Yeah, like, maybe after she dies, it'll be in, like, the last book that she was hiding from all of us.
1: It's so interesting that she, like, had her kid and then just, like, Took her out of New, took him out of New York, moved to where they go, Michigan, I think. I
0: don't remember.
1: Totally normal life to the, the godmother of rock and roll. It's crazy.
0: But yeah, I'd say she's probably like the coolest rock star I've met. But obviously you met a fuck ton.
1: Yeah, most of them weren't cool, though.
0: Yeah, I, I would say I met B- Billy Corgan, but he wasn't cool at all. He wasn't cool? <laughs> no,
1: no. He's oh, dead. that's a bummer. I love that, dude.
0: Yeah, um, he actually went to the same high school that we did, like he was an alumni, and obviously he's from Chicago, and he opened, of all the weirdest things, a tea
1: lounge. Oh, I remember this.
0: Yeah, so like I went for the grand opening, and we just started trying to talk about like, you know, the differences of the high school and everything, and he was just like really, I don't know, not cool.
1: He was like, this is too small town for me. I'm Philly Corgan.
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely like, you think I give a fuck about <laughs> Carol Stream anymore. Like, wow. Yeah, I just wanted to be like, well, thank you, sir.
1: He would do like acoustic shows there and stuff from time to time, right?
0: Yeah, that's what we did at the uh, grand opening. I gotta say, he definitely, his image has changed. He was wearing like a shawl. I remember that. And... Yeah, he—he's like for someone who's doing a grand opening. He did not want to talk to anyone.
1: (laughs) Why is Buddhism? he didn't
0: want to be there.
1: Everybody gets into Buddhism for a little while when they hit like that level.
0: Who the hell knows?
1: They never stick with it, but they always—they always need to tell you about it or dress like it. They all dress like Russell Brand for a while.
0: Oh God! Whatever happened to
1: him? Who knows? Well, the same thing that happened to Billy Corgan. I saw him on the Alex Jones show one time talking about, I don't know, FEMA camps or something. I was like, holy cow!
0: I know he, yeah, Billy Corgan definitely got racist as shit. He probably voted for Trump. Probably, probably. Thank if God we're wrong though, we though, about he him.
1: This, he'll have an agenda against us forever. He doesn't. He holds grudges forever.
0: Oh yeah, we definitely know that. Yeah. <laughs> It's just one of those where it's like, I don't give a fuck, Billy. Come for me. What are you going to do? <laughs> you clearly don't give a fuck about the place where we're from, so screw yeah. you.
1: We're calling you out, Billy Corrigan.
0: See, I feel like I've done that in every single show I've done, where I've, like, talked shit about one celebrity and done, like, come at me. No one, big enough, obviously, listens to this. But I'm hopefully back. we get Rachel Antonoff to hit you off.
1: Just uh,
0: just so I can say thank you. Yeah. Be like, hey, you inspired me. Okay. One last question, and it is the weirdest. Actually, we'll do two. I'll do the weirdest shit question, and then I'll do the other f- normal question. Go for it. I have no idea what this question means, but what is your villain origin story? I think it's the T-shirt thing.
1: <laughs> um. I don't really – what is my villain origin story? Like if I was yeah. writing a villain?
0: Like if you were a villain, I think.
1: Oh. Uh, I have no idea. I don't, I don't write or read stuff like this. Uh, but, I, but I have a deep respect for the human beings like uh, – well, not deep respect, but like the Kanyes or whatever who are like, you know what? I'm going to take this role. Like I'm going to destroy everything I did and I'm going to make everybody hate me. Like, cause without them, it would just be us.
0: Very, very interesting answer. <laughs> okay. Last question. You have any good future projects coming up?
1: Uh, nothing good, I guess I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to go back on tour. I want to just spend the next like two or three years on tour reading poems uh, in every city in the country because that we just did that for almost the whole month of January. And it was so cool. So I have a whole bunch of books that have been published and like, uh, I want to just keep like reading them uh, wherever. I mean, this whole tour we were in art galleries, like in a theater. Uh, I put said this on Twitter, but like the entire theater was like, ODing on on oxies. of Those people was awesome. I got a gun pulled on me at Little Rock. That show was awesome. Uh, Buffalo, New York. Like, everywhere was uniquely crazy, Uh, but everybody we met was so cool. Um, It was the best time ever.
0: Do you have a list of the tour, like, where people can catch you?
1: Well, we just wrapped it up, actually. Chicago was the last day. Um, So, for now, just, like, on social media, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to – Allentown, Pennsylvania, next month, or like I'm doing like this open mic or whatever, but uh, nothing's like like,
0: drop it randomly.
1: Yeah, we don't have like a a tour. I know next fall we're gonna do a big Midwest thing, um, but that's like barely booked yet. So,
0: dude, if you're here, hit me up.
1: Yeah, I wish we had had this conversation a week ago. You could have came to the Chicago show, it was awesome.
0: That sounds like it would have been great. Damn, just. I'm just saying this to all listeners. If you're in Chicago, hit me up. Okay? I, I'm free, usually. Hit her up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Chicago's a great town. Totally. Mm. Lots of cool stuff going on.
0: I'll show you the cool places and the pretty lame places, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it depends on what kind of person you are.
1: Yeah. But this, this entire time I've been throwing biscuits at my dog. Like, she's eating 300 biscuits, I think.
0: That is the funniest thing. I actually started throwing my coaster at my cat. She digs it. <laughs> you inspired me. But
1: I love that I'm on record saying I like, respect Kanye West. I do not respect Kanye West. I didn't mean to say it like that. I just want to put that out there. I think he's a moron.
0: I like how we're on record also talking pure shit about Taylor Swift where at the end of the day, it's like, I am about to listen to some of her music.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: <laughs> And like, I'm always yeah. waiting
1: for her to come out with another pop record, not a folk record. So,
0: Oh, I, I just, like, put that under the ca- uh, category of cabin shit. Like, I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> but it's funny. That's actually the only, like, vinyl I have of hers is Folklore. Oh, wow. As I said, not a huge Swifty, but for some reason, because I've talked about her a lot lately, people are thinking I am.
1: I don't know if I'm a diehard of anyone. You're not a diehard of anyone? I don't know. You don't have a favorite band? I
0: I feel like I just... I I am one of those annoying people where I would be like, I like a little of everything.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But I was actually... This is so dorky. I was obsessed with Jack Antonoff for a while there.
1: (laughs) It's not dorky at all. He's cool as hell.
0: Like... I was actually so excited. When I was in Astoria, I did a tweet and he retweeted me and I went viral. So that was fun.
1: Wow. Congratulations.
0: I know. I said that he looked like Rick Moranis. (laughs) I know. That's what got him, huh? Yeah. He was just like, this is sexy by association. I was like, all right.
1: Wow. What a great sense of humor on that guy.
0: I know. Uh, I really appreciate that. I think he's really funny. He seems like the nicest dude.
1: He was. He was. I like, There was no reason for him to even interact with me. And he always asked me how I was doing and stuff. He's a really cool guy.
0: Yeah. I hope I get the chance to ever interact with him. And I'll remind him that I was the person who said that he looked like Rick Moranis.
1: Hell yeah. Well, if you come to New York, I know where his studio is. So we can just stalk him all day.
0: Okay. As long as we're not doing it like John Lennon style. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything else you want to add before we go
1: um no just like thanks for having me uh i'm scala Dottie. i write more than i curate playlists but i hope you enjoy the music and on twitter and instagram at scala all
0: right that was scott check out his writing i recommend play the devil you could hit him up on Twitter at Scott and his link tree at Scott Ludowdy. As always, everything will be spelled in the show notes because that pronunciation and the spelling is entirely different than what you think it would be. As always, if you want to get to know us more, find Textual Healing on Twitter at PodHealing. And take a look at our website, TextualPodcast.com. If you would like to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Check out past episodes and keep a lookout for the new ones to come every Saturday. This is Mallory Smart. Thanks for listening to the show.